What's up, everybody? Uh, Norman here, aka Green Bay Today, and I'm finally back with another podcast. Um, it has definitely been a minute since I last uploaded my uh, most recent podcast, but hey, it doesn't matter. You guys stuck through it, um, and I'm here now, and I'm here to say now, you know, and I, I'd also like to stay um, before cutting myself off. I didn't want to make podcasts on hypothetical stuff. I mean, I know this podcast is a pretty hypothetical thing, but the hypothetical stuff is just endless, but I wanted to kind of make my next podcast on something that I thought was actually, you know, pretty significant or something that would actually matter, not just saying like, oh, Green Bay should sign so-and-so or they should trade for so-and-so, you know what I mean? But anyway... Finally, I am back. It's been a long while after my recent podcast. I think I my last one was in April or May. Um, like I said, I didn't want to put out a bunch of hypothetical stuff. So today, um, we're going to be talking about two things today uh, by the title you can probably read. First and foremost, I want to talk about um, the impact of Devin Funchess the uh, opting out, which before I even jump into that, I would just like to say any player that opts out, you know, whether he's a pro bowler, he's a backup, or he's on the verge of getting cut, whatever, who, whatever tier player, whoever it is, you got to take in consideration, you have absolutely no idea what, you know, a player could be dealing with, not only with himself, you know, like we we saw today the Vikings defensive tackle Michael Pierce just opted out. Um, you know he has his own complications, asthma and uh, breathing problems or whatever. Um, or you know maybe someone else in their family has complications, like maybe someone has a newborn, you know, son or daughter, um, or maybe you know someone's wife or girlfriend has complications or mother, you know, whatever, father, whatever it may be. Which first of all, also I'd like to say, you know. If a player opts out, um, I do think that the reason being is absolutely nobody else's business but the um, the player and maybe the player's family, if, you know, even that. But I saw today, before I hop into this about Devin Funches, I posted today, and I am currently recording this, it is July 30th. Or no, it is July 29th, I'm sorry. It's currently 12.30 at night. You know, a great time to do podcasts. But anyway, I saw today when I posted on my Instagram, you know, I was at uh, Thrive Cafe, a little smoothie bowl place, when I saw that David Funches opted out of the season. And, you know, I mean, anybody could have opted out of the season. I mean, Elijah Wellman could have opted out of the season, and I would have been surprised. Um, I, I I'm... I'm not saying that, you know, it's a thing to go like, oh, well, I'm not surprised this guy opted out or this guy opted out. I'm just saying in general, I mean, you would think um, most guys would probably end up, you know, playing the season, you know, before all of this. But then that's just another thing you got to take in consideration, you know, that goes back to you don't know what a player or player's family or, for, you know, whatever it may be has going on. You just simply don't know. That's none of your business except for the player themselves. So anyway, I was at the restaurant um, 
thrive and I got the notification and you know instantly I posted it you know and I thought about it to myself and I goes man that sucks you know I was really looking forward to see Devin Funches but you know yeah other than that man that that was just my thoughts on it but then I start seeing these comments which I'm not even going to read any of the comments but I just I just start reading and I'm like wow like all right I get people are upset you know there he was basically the only receiver that's you know probably going to be on the field for the Packers one of the new additions to the football team I mean maybe Reggie Begleton or Darrell Stewart can because those were the only three new additions on the team um so you know it you know pretty bummed out that Devin Funches <clears throat> isn't giving it a go but then again you know like I this is the third time I'm saying this now you don't know what a player's going through and Devin Funches shared on his Instagram. He sent out a message to Packer fans in the NFL. And that message basically included that, you know, his family has been directly impacted by COVID-19. Um, he obviously does not want to have to go through that again. I don't know if he himself had it or someone in his family had it or whatever, a relative. I don't know. But, you know, one thing, and I can't tell you how to feel or, you know, what to say, but... Um, I do think that you should be respectful and respect a player's decision. Um, like I said, you know, that's their business and their business only. Um, but, you know, he opted out. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. And one thing um, that I, I like about it is there's someone messaged me. I forget who it was. I get a bunch of messages, which, by the way, if I don't get to yours, I'm sorry. But someone says said to me today, you know, this, it sucks, you know, like I said, Devin Funches not being able to play with the Packers, that sucks, but someone told me today that I read it, and I actually thought about it, and agreed a little bit that this could potentially be a blessing in disguise, um, as for the guys, the immediate guys behind Devin Funches, or who have, would have been, you know, Devin Funches would have been the number three wide receiver going into this season, which, that's fine. Um, I think a lot of people knew that. Some people thought he was going to be the two, but I didn't think he was going to be the two to at least start off. I think Alan Lazard has that job. But going back to um, the guys behind him, the dude the dude in my DM said, you know, this could potentially be a blessing in disguise. And I know you never want to see uh, a player be out with an injury or, you know, some sort of designation or whatever it may be. All you have to, you know, really think about is go back to when Devontae Adams had turf toe. You know, everyone's like, oh, wow, who's Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to now? The Packers' offense was highly, highly efficient. Um, in that four-game stretch, they went 4-0. Uh, who did they beat? They beat the Cowboys, Lions, Raiders, and Chiefs. Uh, while Devontae Adams was rehabbing his turf toe injury. Um and, you know, this is a whole nother discussion, but I do think um, Aaron Rodgers kind of likes to, we all know this, Aaron Rodgers likes to hold on the ball a little longer than he should. Um, you know, some some plays um, are more obvious than others, but, you know, and I'm not saying Devin Funches was going to be his go-to guy this year. I think we all know he's not going to be, but. You know, I think this is just another opportunity. You know, guys that the Packers were relying on to take, you know, that second, third year jump, such as Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown. You got guys like Jake Kumro, 
uh, Reggie Begleton, who just got signed from the CFO. Um, you got Darrell Stewart, Malik Taylor, who was on the practice squad last year, who Brian Gutekunst gave praise to earlier in the offseason um, that we didn't really hear about too much during the regular season. But anyway, you know, you take away Devin Funches and part, you know, not part of the reason, most of the reason that the Packers didn't really address wide receiver all that much this offseason is because um, they feel really confident in the guys they have. And, you know, I'm not saying that Devin Funches is being out is good. I already have stated that that sucks and I wish he was playing. But anyway, I feel like it's just an opportunity for, you know, the guys that I mentioned to just step up and build chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Equinemius missed uh, all last season with his ankle injury. Um, he hasn't played a snap yet in Matt LaFleur's offense officially. Um, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, his redshirted season, he probably learned a lot mentally upstairs, but he physically, I don't think he's played in a singular snap. So, um, you're, you're looking at the guys that are going to take over that wide receiver three, you know, role now that Funches is gone. And I'm, I, the obvious candidates are Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown. Um, you have to go no further than 2018 to see uh, their connection with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it wasn't stellar. It was, you know, not perfect. But something was building there. Um, you know, you you like to say, you know, a lot of people like to make a smart remark about, oh, I guess we'll just, you know, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I guess this is apparently the answer. I get it. He hasn't been the best, but you know what? He has shown flashes, and I think with Marquez Valdez scaling MBS, um, a lot of the mistakes that he makes, I think, is just mental. You look around the NFL, there's nobody that's his size with you know his stature that can just fly like he can. I mean, maybe DK Metcalf, other than I mean, maybe there's someone else I'm not thinking of. But if MVS can figure it out mentally, I think that's his biggest problem. And I do think, you know, if, you know, he drops a ball or he runs a bad route, you know, which that happens to receivers all the time. Hell, we saw Devontae Adams drop like five or six, seven maybe even passes this year that hit him right in the hands. It happens. That stuff happens to even the best of the best. Um, But if he can fix up the stuff, you know, that, first and second year, you know, guys make the mistakes that those guys make. Uh, I really, really think that he can have a pretty good year, and especially this year, you know, with everyone believing that the Packers were going to absolutely prioritize wide receiver this offseason, and they didn't. Um, so with that being said, there's also Equinemius St. Brown, who had a pretty good year in 2018. I know Rodgers has talked about him a lot uh, this offseason um, in the, the times you did get to hear from number 12. Um, I, I don't doubt one bit that Equinemius St. Brown is, I mean, his connection with Aaron Rodgers in 2018 was pretty good. Um, you look at games like the Lions game, uh, the 49ers game, right before he got hurt too. I think the Jets game, he had a pretty good game, um, you, you know, and that just goes back to MVS. Like, MVS had good games here and there. 
both of those guys have showed potential. So with that being said, I don't think, and you know, from Devin Funches to uh, MVS or EQ, you, it sucks. I've said this how many times now, but it's not, it's not a humongous drop off. It's really not. I mean, production wise, maybe, but you're looking at a pure talent of a football player. It's it's not. It's not that big of a drop-off. So I'm not saying people are overreacting um, about not only Devin Funches' um, decision to uh, opt out, which he has that full right to. You know, the NFLPA, that was something they pushed for, and they got it, and they absolutely deserve that. I totally understand it. Um, but you got to take into consideration also uh, about the Packers wide receivers. This isn't Mike McCarthy's offense anymore. I think a lot of people are still clamoring on to the fact that it's 2011 and the Packers have absolutely no defense, like a peewee football defense, and they're just going to beat teams with their offense. I forget who it was, but uh, and I've, I've been wanting to... I, People, like, there's just only so much, you know, this is random, but there's only so much you can put in a comment or a message to someone when they get, you know, kind of snappy with you about things. I want to put, you know, people that say, oh, Aaron Rodgers has, you know, poor Aaron Rodgers, which I love Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if I don't know who doesn't love Aaron Rodgers, that's not a Packer fan. Um, but anyway... People people just go, poor Aaron Rodgers, you know, year in, year out. He's never been given the help. Well, that's that's just not true. Look look no further than the the Super Bowl team he had. I think his first three receivers were Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, and Donald Driver. Not in any specific order, but I mean those are perennial players. Um fast forward a couple years in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. He has Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams, which all who have now made at least one Pro Bowl. Um, he's had Jermichael Finley, J James Jones. Um, I could probably sit here and name a bunch of weapons that he's had. Um, and a lot of the people like to you know, point to, oh, he's never had help, blah, 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 blah. And then Devin Funches you know, decides to opt out. And I see comments like, hey, wow, I'm glad the receiver we drafted, you know, is really going to help out the Packers this year. Comments like that, I don't understand. Um, and I know that has absolutely nothing to do with what I just said. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers has never been given weapons, and I personally, me rather, would rather them stick with, you know, guys like EQ and MBS than panic and sign, you know, some just like, I wouldn't say bum is the right word, but some just receiver that would just not, you know, have a connect. And Rodgers knows what those guys are capable of, too. That's the other thing. And he already has a little bit of chemistry with them. Not to mention he literally has a top five wide receiver that he's already thrown to. Alan Lazard is not being talked about enough, um, and that's fine. You know, maybe internally with Packer fans and everything else that they believe, he's getting hyped up. But, excuse me, you looked at, like, the national media – Alan Lazard does not get mentioned at all, um, and I love it. I, I do think Alan Lazard is primed for a great season, so 
the main thing I want to talk about with this is the it's just the drop off from Devin Funches to EQ St. Brown or MBS. Like how bad? I mean, come on. How bad is it? It's not like you're losing DeAndre Hopkins and you're going to have to play, you know, like there like I can't even think of some guy, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like Taylor Gabriel, you're dropping from you know, DeAndre Hopkins to Taylor Gabriel. The drop-off isn't that big, and I know it sucks losing Devin Funches, um, but hey, it is what it is, and a lot of people, I want to express this to a lot of people, the Packers, like, the Packers fandom, I feel like sometimes just roots for negativity, and I know a lot of you might not see that. Um, I see it firsthand because I run a page, you know, a blog, I see it firsthand, you know, people people will jump to any negative conclusion they can just to say, I told you so, or I was right, and like I put on my story today, for those who saw that, I think that's total garbage, um, I don't know why Packer fans in particular uh, do that kind of stuff, but hey, I can't tell you how to be a fan, um, I can't tell you how to feel or think, so go ahead and what you do. But, uh, you know, if there's some things that I wanted to kind of prioritize about this Devin Funches thing. One, it doesn't look as bad as it's going to be. I mean, here's a plus. The Packers basically have a team option, and they gained some cap space this year for Devin Funches um, for him not playing this year. But they basically have a team option for next year for Devin Funches to come back on the same exact deal that he was offered this past free agency with Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, we don't get him this year. That blows. But then, you know, like I stated earlier, it could put and someone else told me this. It could potentially be like a blessing in disguise for Rodgers to just build a better chemistry with guys like EQ, Kumaro, MBS. You know, maybe uh, Reggie Bagleton hits the ground, you know, and he's just start, you know, he's just balls out. Who knows? But anyway, um, those are my thoughts on the whole Devin Funches and wide receiver situation. So next, um, we will be talking about my first. I haven't even posted this yet. Um, I'm probably going to wait to post this episode. Until I post my 53-man roster prediction. So as you're reading this, it's probably Thursday or Friday. Maybe even Saturday. Um, and guys on here, I'd also like to state that it's July 29th. Almost 1 in the morning. Um, maybe some of these guys have opted out. You know, uh, I have no clue. I couldn't tell you. So this is my 53-man roster prediction. I'm not going to try to, um, some positions I am going to talk about a little more than others, obviously. Um, but I'm not going to try to go, you know, too, too far into, you know, certain guys. So anyway, quarterback, here we go. Number one, obviously Aaron Rodgers. Now a lot, this has been a debate, um, this off season, Tim Boyle, does Tim Boyle make the roster, blah, blah, blah. I could talk, this could be a whole nother episode for a podcast, but uh, long story short, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think not only Jordan Love is not ready, but I think throwing him into a situation where, uh, you know, a terrible situation where Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury, 
whether it was long term or not, uh, would not only not be the best case scenario for Green Bay and Jordan Love, uh, I also think that it would stun Jordan Love's um, development. I mean, look at what the Browns did with Sean Kaiser. Uh, just saying. Um, so, you know, Tim Boyle, this is his third year now. Jordan Love hasn't even been in Green Bay for officially in the, the building. They Today was literally the first day training camp. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's probably learned to hear a thing or two there um, about the offense. But he hasn't taken a live rep yet in the offense. He hasn't faced an NFL defense yet. Um, so that's why I think Tim Boyle is, there's just, there's just I can't see a way they don't keep three quarterbacks. I would be shocked if they let go of Tim Boyle. Um, so basically, there's that. Now, running back is interesting. Um, I know it's it's basically set in stone, but there's some guys behind the first four that could maybe um, do some damage. So. The first four I have, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, and Tyler Irvin. I know a lot of people are probably going, where the hell is Dexter Williams? and Or maybe Patrick Taylor or Demarie Crockett, who Matt LaFleur really uh, talked about. Uh, I I do think four is kind of the cap for um, running backs. And I wouldn't even really consider Tyler Irvin a running back. Tyler Irvin's a guy that's going to come in. He's going to come in the game and... He'll get he'll get you know a nice little end around or um, jet sweep, or you know he's the misconceptual guy on a play plays you know here and there. I don't think he's really going to be a guy at all. Like even if injury strikes, that they're just going to hand him the football. Uh, I so yeah, I mean yeah, he's obviously a running back, but starting with him next, AJ Dillon. Uh, I do think I don't think he's gonna take much, if any, snaps away from Aaron Jones. Um, Jamal Williams, though, I do think he is going to take snaps away from. Um, that I mean, if you're drafting a guy in the second round, especially a running back, that's going to happen. Um, nothing against Jamal Williams. He's there. All this is I could would bet money that this is the the running back depth chart too make the Packers 53-man roster. Um, I do have some other guys, though, behind them making the practice squad that I will discuss. So next, we're going to move to wide receiver. And as I move to this, I have I've already made this. I made this yesterday with Aiden. Aiden, if you're listening, shout out to you. Obviously, Devontae Adams, number one. Alan Lazard, number two. I had Devin Funches here, but I thought about it today. Um, so number three, I put MVS. Number four, Reggie Begleton. Um, and, or no, number four was EQ, number five was Reggie Begleton, and number six is Jake Kumaro, and I didn't list Devin Funches, he does not count towards the Packers, you know, active roster since he decided to opt out, so this one's really interesting, um, but out of the top two guys, I, especially now more than ever, that Devin Funches is gone practically for this season the wide receiver three and above is totally up for grabs I mean maybe Malik Taylor just shocks the world or Darius Shepard shocks the world and climbs up and snags a spot I mean who knows really who knows what's going to happen unfortunately I don't know if we'll hear um, 
if or anything really about it because the training camp's not open to the public. So hopefully the Packers decide to maybe live stream some practices. That'd be cool. Um, but anyway, um, you know, behind Adams and Lazard, all the spots are up for grabs. And I think competition brings out the best in everybody. And I, I cannot wait to see. So once again, the receivers are Adams, Lazard, MVS, EQ, Bagleton, and Kumaro. So moving on to tight end now. Um, Jay Sternberger, obviously number one. Big Dog, Mercedes Lewis, number two. Josiah DeGuara, number three. And Robert Tanya, number four. Um, I don't see. The Packers kind of flip-flopped Evan Bayless on and off the 53 last year. Uh, maybe if there's an injury that happens, who knows? Maybe they'll bring up the greatest tight end in NFL history, James Looney, up. Although I doubt it. Um, just kidding, he's the GOAT. They are going to bring him up. <laughs> uh but I, you know, along with running back, I do think that's pretty set in stone heading into the 2020 season. Now, offensive tackle, and so not only offensive tackle, but the offensive line is just extremely, extremely interesting um, as for like a, a roster prediction because there's guys on here that that are just so versatile. You guys got like uh, uh, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, Lane Taylor, and John Runyon can all play tackle. And you can make the argument that uh, Lucas Patrick is a guard, I, although I think he's better fit as a center. Um, he can play, he can flip-flop in between guard and center. Um, I'm not saying Corey Lindsley can't, but I don't think he's even been asked to play guard at all, or if they would even consider doing that. But anyway, so as for a straight-up offensive tackle, you know, and the Packers don't have a swing tackle, and that's one thing I thought, you know, maybe at first they were going to try to bring back Jared Valdir, but they didn't, so I guess they're confident in the guys they got behind him, as they should be. Um, so offensive tackle, I just kept the first two guys because, like I mentioned, um, excuse me, as I mentioned, the other guys that they have, they're pretty versatile football players. Elton Jenkins, um, probably don't want to mess with his, you know, development because man i'll tell you what that dude had a kick-ass season last year at left guard uh that dude's gonna be an all pro player um and if that's you know his worst that he's gonna be ever in his nfl career his rookie season sign me the hell up because that guy is gonna be a beast and what a steal for the packers in round two for elton jenkins um so he's probably gonna stick at guard although he could potentially play tackle um Although it's unlikely. Billy Turner can play right tackle and right guard. Um, I don't know about the other left tackle and left guard. I mean, he probably could, but I think he'd probably be a guy to maybe flip-flop on the right side of the line. Um, and I do think the part of the reason the Packers paid him the good, you know the decent chunk of money that they did was because of um, his versatility. He can play tackle and he can play right guard. So uh, Rick Wagner and... Um, Billy Turner's spots, I would say are, I wouldn't say they're safe, but they're, as of now, they're kind of locked down. Um, I mean, maybe if someone surprises or, you know, maybe one of the rookies surprises them because they drafted three interior linemen. Um, maybe if one of those guys surprises, I mean, who knows what the, what that'll happen uh, with that. Next, uh, Lane Taylor coming back, his... Uh, his thing got restructured, his contract, his thing. His contract got restructured by the Green Bay Packers earlier in the offseason. 
Um, a lot of people thought they were going to move on from him uh, when they decided to move on from Jimmy Graham, but I really, really love restructuring his contract. Um, it's he knows that he knows the offense. He was a starter last year, and on top of that, um, he's if he's going to be a backup, the Packers not having a, a swing tackle isn't as bad as it sounds because Lane Taylor can play tackle. Um, maybe not as good as he can play guard, but. You know, he's an NFL veteran, um, veteran, decent veterans, especially reserve linemen, backup linemen, veterans are pretty hard to come by. A lot of the guys you see just get thrown into the game, pretty much have little to no NFL experience. Lastly, so yeah, moving on from Lane Taylor, John Runyon um, from Michigan, the Packers first uh, selection they made in the sixth round of the 2020 draft. He's another guy that can play, you know, that's also going to not having a, an immediate swing tackle is okay. John Runyon can also play guard, although I'd like to think they'd want to keep him at guard also. Um, I I do think that John Runyon probably does make this roster. He I really, really like his athleticism. Um, so I, I do think they stash four guards, and not to mention Lucas Patrick can play guard. I think he might actually even be listed as a guard, although I think he better fits as a center. But moving on to the next offensive line position, the last center, it's Corey Lindsley and Lucas Patrick. Uh, Lucas Patrick has been a bargain for the Packers um, ever since he came to Green Bay. Um, I remember last year when Corey Lindsley got hurt. You, besides uh, a snap or to in the Dallas game uh you couldn't you know blocking wise especially on pass protection you could not tell the difference from Lucas Patrick and Corey Lindsley that one was in and one was out um I really really love having Lucas as a backup interior offensive lineman you know he's another guy the Packers love their versatile offensive lineman he can flip-flop from guard to center um I don't know about tackle I think that might be a stretch for him though He's kind of a bigger lineman, um, not as athletic as guys like uh, Billy Turner, Taylor, and John Runyon. But anyway, um, I think Patrick and Corey Lindsley are basically locks to make the roster. So that's it for the offensive side of the 53-man roster prediction. So I'll run through it one more time. Rodgers, Boyle, Love, Jones, Williams, Dylan, Irvin, Adams, Lazard, MVS, EQ St. Brown, Begleton, Kumaro, Sternberger, Lewis, DeGuara, Tanyan, Bakhtiari, Wagner, Jenkins, Turner, Taylor, Runyon Jr., Lindsley, and Patrick. So those are all the guys I think on offense are going to make it. Now, I would say defense is defense is very, very interesting. There's a lot of new uh, faces. Maybe not Maybe not starting, but behind guys, uh, there's a lot of new faces. So I'm just going to start off at defensive end. Um, which, by the way, speaking of defensive end, who knows? Maybe Everson Griffin will be on the roster. I hope he is as a uh, defensive end that can play three tech, uh, hopefully. And he's, I mean, obviously can play five tech, but maybe he'll be on here by the time you're listening to this. But anyway, Dean Lowry, obviously, I think. Uh, He's, I mean, I don't really think anyone's going to give Dean Lowry a run for his money. Kingsley Kiki, I think he's going to, he, you know, he's a versatile guy. Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki and my next guy, Trayvon Hester, could probably all play 
um, nose tackle or line up in the three tech over um, over the guard of the center. Um, and the, I'm 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 pretty sure they could probably play outside too if they were asked to. Although I'm sure you would probably prefer one of the Smiths or Gary to be lining up outside or um, maybe Everson Griffin um, to line up outside um, on the tackle. But who knows? So I think. You know, there's some other guys, you know, maybe they take a outside backer, one of those new guys, undrafted guys, and convert them to a D-end. Maybe they put Garvin back at D-end. I know some people have suggested putting Gary back at D-end. That makes no sense to me, especially after having him learn outside linebacker, you know, have him play five tech. Um, That doesn't really make too much sense to me. Um, So I think those, you know, I wouldn't say I'm completely certain on this as I was for running back and tight end, but I got a pretty good hunch that it's going to be Dean Lowry, Kings Kiki, and Trayvon Hester. Defensive tackle, Kenny Clark and Tyler Lancaster. That's it for the defensive line. Um, it's it's pretty slim, but uh, then again, you look at the Packers' uh, front seven, and basically only two of those guys are on the field at once. Um you know, the Packers are in a 3-4 defense, so that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Uh, Kenny Clark is on the field, obviously, most snaps of the game, probably a little over 90% of snaps. Kenny Clark's the one on the field, maybe even 95%. You know, when he needs a breather, maybe put in Tyler Lancaster every once in a while, maybe on obvious running downs, you know, they'll throw in Lancaster next to him, Kiki, Lowry, whatever it may be, but I think two of those guys on the field at once is not as bad as it seems, especially with the development you're hoping from, from Kingsley Kiki um, going into 2020, making that sophomore jump. Um, and then Trayvon Hester, he's been a journeyman defensive lineman. Uh, he was with Philadelphia and uh, Washington and the Raiders. So who knows? Maybe he'll have a, you know, find a fountain of youth, I guess, with the Packers and help bolster their run defense. So, like I said, the defensive line, I'm pretty confident in. Um, they had another guy, I forget his, I can't remember his, oh, Willington Pervilon, uh from Rutgers, I believe. Maybe there's some other guys I can't think of. right. Oh, and Montrevious Adams. I had them letting go of Adams. Um, and I'm not saying this is because of, you know, his incident that he had. That is so minor and has nothing to do with this. Maybe a little bit, but. I think if he doesn't show it uh, in summer camp, he's out the door. So next, outside backers, and, you know, you could probably you can probably be pretty confident in this, except for the last guy. So obviously the Smiths and Gary, they're locks making the roster. Duh. Um, one of the guys that I like the most, and man, this was <laughs> I mean, I kid you not. You guys can even ask Aiden yourself. When I was making this, the hardest decision for me making this whole 53-man roster prediction was picking the final outside linebacker after Rashawn Gary to make the roster. And I, I picked I picked two at first, but then I trimmed it down to one because I was at like 57 when I made it, and then I had to trim it down to 53. But I ended up going with one, and I'll let you guys guess. I had it down to uh, typical AI, or Gali AI, however you say his last name. Tim Williams and Delonte Scott. Um, so go ahead and think about that. All right, now that you're done thinking about that, um, I'll tell you right now, 
I chose typical AI, uh, the pass rusher from Utah State. That dude is 6'5", and I loved watching his stuff that I saw from him. Um, I I do think I was pretty surprised when watching him how he went undrafted. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, the Packers got a steal on this guy, but it basically they let go of Tim Williams um, on the practice squad. They he was on the practice squad or the 53 then they cut him and put him on there so that pretty much tells you all you need to know about him unless he takes a significant jump I don't see him making the roster um and it came down to Delonte Scott the guy out of SMU and typical AI out of Utah State the other number 10 that the Packers acquired from Utah State this offseason um like I said I really really love what AI has to offer um on film, you know, on tape, the stuff I saw from him, Delonte Scott, I think they're both 6'5", 6'5", plus, um, <clears throat> you, man, and you just build, you know, 6'5", pure power, I don't care how strong you are, you got a 6'5", a dude coming at you, and a, I, I think the reason I took Galei over Scott was because I think Galei has a little bit more speed to him, I think Scott has a little more nastiness to him, um, you know, a little more rawness, but Galea, I think, is just the more polished pass rusher here in this situation, and uh, you're probably wondering where the hell is Jonathan Garvin at, their seventh-round pick. I do think Galea beats out Jonathan Garvin, so like I said, I know I didn't try to prioritize uh, a specific player on here, but that was the hardest decision I made, and that's a good decision to make from a lot of separate pass rushers, because you think about it, you got guys like, uh, like, Let's go down the list here. Tim Williams, Tibigalei, Delonte Scott, Greg Roberts, who's their most paid free agent, uh, undrafted free agent last offseason. Uh, Randy Ramsey uh, out of Arkansas. He had a really, really good preseason. Um, and then Tim Williams, if I didn't say him. And um, there might be one more. Is there one more? I think there's one more I can't think of right now. But anyway... Next is outside linebacker, and this is interesting. The Packers really, really don't use their inside linebackers all that much. You know, guys behind Blake Martinez really didn't see the field. Um, besides on, I wouldn't, kind of obvious to run, you know, situations last year. BJ Goodson was the main guy. So I'm just going to give you a little rundown here. Christian Kirksey, obviously he's a lock now. These two are interesting. My... Inside linebacker two I picked was Curtis Bolden. Man, that kid balled out last season. And if he didn't tear his ACL, he would have made the 53-man roster. And who knows how good he would have done in the regular season. I, I was looking forward to the stuff he he was doing in preseason. I thought he looked pretty promising. And then I have their fifth-round pick, Kamal Martin, right behind Curtis Bolton. So the amount that Curtis Bolton and especially Kamal Martin will be on the field in 2020 Probably not much. Um, maybe Bolton gets in there a little bit. I do think Curtis Bolton has a pretty good shot at making it, and you're probably wondering where's Ty Summers. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so next, I have corners. This is pretty easy for the first couple guys. Jair, Alexander, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman. So I would say Jair, King, and Sullivan. And I would say... I, I would be pretty close to saying Jackson and Holman are locks. Uh, not fully, though, which is unfortunate to say, especially for Josh Jackson. But 
Kadar Holman had a really good summer last year, especially in training camp. You know, he's a really good man-to-man corner. Josh Jackson, I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. I don't know if he's just not a good schematic fit with the Packers defense or you know, maybe it's all mental. You know, some of the mistakes he makes, like uh, Marquez Valdez-Scaling. Uh, Chandon Sullivan balled the hell out last season. I think he's going to have an extremely, extremely good season uh, this year. Kevin King, don't even get me started on the Kevin King hate. I don't understand it. Kevin King is a damn good football player. And Jai Alexander, Jair Alexander, I don't know why I said his name weird. His name speaks for himself. We all know what the hell he's capable of. So behind them, though, I did have one undrafted free agent, Stanford Samuels. Um, I do think that he went undrafted. His speed isn't all that great. Um, but when he's on his game, and, you know, cornerback is kind of just like receiver. You know, the corners are going to get beat. It's going to happen. Whether you're, you know, Stephon Gilmore or Darius Gunter, you're you're going to get beat just like a receiver. You're not, you know, you're not going to run a good route every time. You're not going to catch the ball every time. That, that Stuff like that happens. But um, I do think Stanford Samuels, they're undrafted free agent acquisition out of Florida State is going to have a pretty good season. Um, it will probably be redshirted. Now, whoops, I didn't mean to say season. I meant to say pretty good uh, summer. Because um, behind Kadar Holman, I think they have Deshaun Amos, Will Sunderland, uh, Stanford Samuels, and maybe there's one other guy I can't think of right now. But I think that's it for cornerback. So, once again, corner Alexander King, Sullivan Jackson, Holman Samuels. So, moving on. My very, very last position group, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, those guys speak for themselves, obviously the two starters. Now behind them, they took uh, Vernon Scott, and they signed a couple of undrafted safeties, so maybe they're looking to add some competition into that room. I think Raven Green, um, man, that sucks. He wasn't even injury-prone in college, but he's struggled with injuries so far in his career in the NFL. That dude is a baller, and if he can stay healthy, Packer fans are going to learn his name very quickly. That guy is a good football player, and especially the Packers' defense will be nasty when he's throwing in the box right next to Christian Kirksey, and they're getting man down the middle of the field. That's going to be tough to beat, especially with the Packers' pass rush, especially if they sign Everson Griffin. is going to be insane, so... Lastly, obviously I had Raven Green making it, as you couldn't tell. And lastly, for the safeties, I have Will Redmond. And a lot of people like to moan and groan about Will Redmond. You know, when uh, Darnell Savage was out, Will Redmond had to, had to stick it in there and Raven Green was out. Will Redmond isn't as bad as a player as people make him out to be. Um, he would have had an interception against the Cowboys, I remember, uh, except for some BS penalty. I can't remember what the penalty was, but it was some BS I remember it was at. And then I, I do think, though, I mean, besides Will Redmond's defensive ability, his ability on special teams alone, he's, their, he's the Packers' best special teams player. You watch, especially on uh, punts, J.K. Scott punts the ball, close your eyes, three seconds later, Will Redmond's the first dude in the returner's face. Um, and he's a pretty good tackler, too. So I, I think Will Redmond's special team ability, let alone even if his defensive ability was atrocious, which is it's not, I think his special teams ability alone is the reason why he's on this roster. So then, obviously, special teams, this is a lock. Crosby, Scott, and Hunter Bradley. So I'll run through my defensive um, predictions. And this is my first one. I'll do another one closer to the season. Maybe we can find out some more about these guys. So for defense, 
Lowry, Kiki, Hester, Clark, Lancaster, Smith, Smith, Gary, Galei, Kirksey, Bolton, Martin, Alexander, King, Sullivan, Jackson, Holman, Samuels, Amos, Savage, Green, Redmond, Crosby, Scott, and Bradley. So that was my defense and special teams predictions. So, like I said, I'm recording this. It is July 29th, 1.12 a.m. now. Um, so who knows? Maybe some of those guys may have opted out now. Maybe they have uh, signed everything. Um, fingers crossed on that. Knock on wood for that one too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I hope you enjoyed. That was my 53-man roster prediction. And like I said, by the time uh, you hear this podcast, um, it will probably be up. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, you know, I I'm glad to be back with the podcast. I'd also like to say that um, these are going to be back. Uh, Pretty frequently, I have some cool things lined up for you guys. I'm going to try to get some players on this season. Um, if they're not too busy, I know I'm going to have a ton of guests on other pages and other um, other people that know what they're talking about on here. Um, so, I like I said, I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in, um, especially you guys listening to this podcast. Um, you guys are probably the diehards, so I really appreciate that. Like I said, they're going to be back. They're going to be up and rolling. Sorry it took me so long. I was just not only unmotivated, but there was nothing to really talk about. So, um, like I said, thanks for listening. Leave a like if that's possible or whatever on whatever platform you're listening on. Probably Spotify, I would assume. But anyway, you guys have a great rest of your day, night, evening, morning, whatever you're listening to this. And remember, go Hack go.